Hi, this is your host Jojo Binks and you're listening to I Can Talk Underwater podcast where you can learn anything and everything under the sun. Pretty much, you will learn random shit. Welcome back to my podcast. I am so excited to hear all your feedback from the last episode. I'm glad to hear that after listening to that episode, it motivated some of you to go out there and make new friends and found the tips and tricks quite helpful. Please, please keep your feedbacks coming. I really love hearing them and they give me a lot of joy to hear that somehow I've helped you guys. Anyways, in this episode, I spoke to one of my friends, Steph, and we discussed about how our childhood experiences affected our romantic relationships. In Steph's situation, that also resulted in trauma bond with her ex-long-term partner. Before we go on, when we say childhood experiences, these could be your experiences in the family dynamic that you grew up in, as well as your relationships with other people around you. That could be extended families or schoolmates, etc. Trauma bonding is the emotional attachment that develops out of repetitive cycle of abuse, devaluation, and positive reinforcement. People who experience like ne- negative childhood upbringing often feel drawn to similar relationships in adulthood since the brain already recognizes the highs and the lows of that cycle. This episode is quite personal for both Steph and I. We acknowledge that we are not experts, but we are hoping that you're still going to learn something from our experiences. And yeah, hope you enjoyed this episode. Hi, Steph. Thank thank you for coming to my pod. Thank you for having me. Steph is one of my friends that we're going to be talking about trauma bond and how your childhood experience manifests through your romantic relationships. Steph is 31 years old and she got out of a um, long-term relationship, six years relationship last year. Um, Steph, so tell me about your relationship with, we'll call him Johnny. Yeah. Yes, Johnny. How was your relationship with him in terms of, did you guys get along? Did you have a lot of fight? Was it a lot of ups and downs? Yes, Johnny and I were friends for a long, probably five or six years before we actually started seeing each other. And we always fought, even just as friends. Wow. Our discussions were always opposite ends of the discussion. So, yeah, we, we always had this sort of volatile relationship. And I guess it created this sense of excitement that felt like love. So... You said that you were friends before that and you were fighting a lot. Were you drawn to that fight and makeup? Not as friends. Definitely when we were together, I think I was, so I was quite isolated in our relationship, I guess, through my own court. Like I caused my own isolation. Didn't have too many friends. I spent too much time focusing on fixing this relationship and trying to make sure that I spent enough time with Johnny and like I strayed away from my family. I didn't tell them things that I probably should have told them. Yeah, I didn't have a support network. And so when Johnny and I would argue and have fights and have a bad time, the person that I would turn to for the comfort was also Johnny. So 
it created this yeah, trauma bond of feeling isolated, upset, sad, but then also that elation of, okay, he's the one that fixes everything. So basically, he's the one who's causing the issue, but he's also the one's comforting you. Yes. I feel like this is a classic Stockholm syndrome mm. where you fell in love with your predator, mm. where they cause pain, but then you love them anyway. Yeah, I was listening to this podcast before about trauma bond and it's like heroin that is injected in your body. So when you feel the low of the low, you then inject this heroin and then you feel the high of the high. So when you have fights, then you look for the makeup, like cuddles, you feel so elated because you're coming from the lowest of the low and you go through this up and down emotions over and over again and your body gets so addicted to the lows and the highs. Is that how you felt? Probably not at the time. At the time I felt we'd fight and he'd storm out or whatever it was and then I would try and fix it and that's, I guess, that comes from my childhood trauma. Maybe not trauma, but my childhood expectation, watching my parents argue and they're still together after, I don't know, 40, 50 years. I watch them do that and they're still together. That's how things are. We can fix this. But I don't know if I sort it out consciously. I see in my current situation, so now I'm obviously looking for people again and I've had situations where I've met someone who I get along really well with and I don't have that excitement that, I've previously felt and I feel like, oh, maybe they're not the right person for me, but I'm starting to learn that's a secure attachment and that's a normal thing. And that fireworks and the excitement is probably not a good thing for me because that's a red flag. That's my body telling me. Recently, you were mentioning you were having this discussion or a chat with this guy that love bombs you and call you like three hours in a day, tell you how beautiful you are. Tell me more about this guy. Oh, this guy. <laughs> Johnny number two. Yeah, he was like, we texting all throughout the day, love bombing me, calls me for two hours at a time, make three phone calls and a video chat in one day. But then every time we try to make a plan, he just cancels. And then when it comes closer to the date, messaging me, saying there's too many things going on and I'd don't have time for a relationship or whatever it is. And I'm still trying to meet up with him and I'm still giving him chances. And I shouldn't be yeah, <laughs> because yeah. he's definitely not reciprocating, but that's inbuilt in me. Do you like the chase and hoping that they will want you back? Yeah, I think I've always had a problem with wanting to be chosen. I have this constant need to be chosen and that I'm one of five siblings and one of my brothers was a very difficult child so I think he's <clears throat> he took a lot of that attention away and so I'm always feeling like I'm left behind never the one that gets the attention and so I think that has come out through relationships and I want to be the one that they choose. And you're trying to prove yourself over and over again so you'll be chosen. Exactly. And I want to have that power and be like, I said no to you, not the other way around. And I think that definitely has come out in Johnny number one. Towards the end or even when we were 
on on again, off again, after we'd properly broken up, I wanted to have that power and to be like, I have decided that this is ended now, not you thing. Yeah. It's really interesting with the the childhood experience. For me, what manifest, manifested with my relationship, let's call him Greg, the very first memory that I've got when I was three was everyone said I was fat and ugly. And it affected me so badly that I felt ashamed on the way I look. And I hated it. Like I hated the way I look. I grew up in this toxic environment that everyone just say, you're so ugly, you're so fat. I got bullied at school because of the way I look, which I couldn't help. I looked the way I look and I was hoping for the adults around me to save me and I didn't have that. And I always wanting someone to be proud of me. The, the way people be proud of me is through school. So I always get good grades. They're proud of me. that She's ugly, but she's smart. And I get the validation for that. The main point on this one is I always felt loved. My parents always loved me. My siblings always loved me. And I've never had insecurities of feeling loved, but I had insecurities of someone feeling proud of me. My whole life is about trying my best for my parents to be proud of me. And I always chase that. And that manifested with my relationship with Greg. Greg was never proud of me. He didn't introduce me to his parents after three years of relationship. He's quite active on social media. He didn't post photos of me on social media. I think in the whole 10 years, he posted maybe a handful. I don't know whether I've told you this, but I proposed to him. I wanted to have a wedding for him to show that I'm his girl. And then what he said to me was, I don't want to have a wedding because I don't want the photos. I don't want the attention. Let's just go to the registry and sign the papers. And I'm, I'm happy to be married to you, but I don't want the wedding. And that broke me. One of the lessons that I've got from that relationship is I didn't really voice out how I actually felt. I didn't tell him how it really affected me. In my head, I go, again, you're not proud of me. And it was like a pattern throughout that 10-year relationship. Now, yes, a new partner. God, her photos were everywhere. And then he married her. He's got this wedding. It's absolutely beautiful. And he was fine to have those photos, etc. At that moment, I realized it actually made me free. You know how I told you that I've I'm, I'm never been insecure about feeling loved? I realized he wasn't, it's not that he wasn't proud of me. It's just he never really loved me. He never really loved me that much. That's why he never really wanted to show me off to the world. When that realization came to mind, I felt free. One of our common friends asked me, how did you feel about the new girl got everything that you wanted? And my response to him was, I hope he will love her more than he ever loved me. Because I never want her to feel that he's not proud of her. And that moment of discovering that he never really loved me for that 10 years, I felt at peace with it. Because again, I was never insecure of not feeling loved. Yeah, and I think that manifestation of the childhood experience, it does come through your adulthood. So in terms of the trauma bond, from my understanding, you bonded with Johnny on that ups and downs and that kind of 
manifested in the new relationship that you've got. What is your goal to going in the future to have a healthy relationship with your new partner? Definitely having a support network is just changing the whole experience. I told you about it. I told mm. our other friends about it. Yeah, having that isolation and I, I still make excuses, right? I say, oh, he did this thing to me, but it's okay because of these reasons. He cancelled on our date, but it's okay because it was a spur of the moment thing. Like I make excuses for them and I would do this with Johnny as well. I think communication is really important. So with Johnny, it was my second like proper relationship. I had been in and out of therapy a little bit, but I really did not understand myself and I didn't have my own identity. And there were red flags from day one that I ignored. And I went, we can, we can work with that. That'll change. And looking back, it didn't change. That was, once that came out, it was something that was there forever. It is interesting because that's what triggered you as a childhood, right? Like yeah. being chosen. But then you're so determined to change that. And yeah. similar to me, just like, one day you're going to be proud of me. Yeah. One day you're going to show me to the world. And then, yeah, it never happened. Yeah. We were talking about before whether I have a trauma bond with Greg. Mm. I don't think I have trauma bond with him. When we broke up, I told him I will love him forever. And I truly mean that. I'm not in love with him now. Mm. And I think we had a lot of great times that I treasure. We travel around the world together. And we enjoy the mundane things in life. We just sit down at home watching TV or he read a book. And I'm just playing with my phone. And I was just happy. And I didn't need to do crazy things like going out of bars and all the exciting things that I do now I didn't need that when I was with him and I think with my bond with Greg that I want to replicate in my new relationship is if I get bored with someone hang out with them 24 7 you're not for me because Greg and I we spent seven all the time we're like attached to the hip we even went to work to the groceries together and it's not about codependency because we can still live independently. But it's just not that boredom. It was just stable. And you mentioned about your, your parents fighting all the time. I grew up in a stable family. Even though my parents are separated now, I grew up in a household that there was no fights. I heard my parents maybe fight once or twice, but they really loved each other when they were cuddly and holding hands. So I did grow up in that loving relationship and I look for that stability so in terms of trauma bond I don't think I have that with Greg mm. I always look at the great things that happened in like in our relationship and the red flags that I actually want to avoid in contrast I feel like Johnny and I could sit in a room maybe but he I think he got quite antsy doing that all right and I like he would just come out of nowhere and be like do you still love me or are you seeing other people or one time he just broke up with me out of absolutely nowhere. Like I had no idea it was coming. I think he needed that excitement as well. Like when things were just too flat, he just felt like something has to come in. What are you going to do to make yourself better or improve? So when you met the person that actually makes you feel secure, you don't fuck it up. <laughs> Communication. Yeah. I think what I have learned from that six-year relationship is that 
yes, you feel uncomfortable. Yes, maybe it makes you a bit scared, but you have to just say what's on your mind and they have to be open to say what's on theirs as well because holding in your frustrations, not explaining how you feel about stuff is the end all of everything. And I think by being honest from day one and being open from day one, you get a sense of who the other person is. And I think it's that's the only way of working out if that person is for you and whether they are going to be the one. So, Thank you so much for coming. And I, I really appreciate you opening up, which is very difficult to open up something that is raw still. I think it will always going to be raw because it's, it's a major part of your life. And thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for having me. We share this experience because I know that many listeners will be able to relate and hope that by listening to this episode, you will learn something or have a light bulb moment or just not feel alone. Psychologists say that you'll be able to break the cycle of trauma. As mentioned before, communication is important as well as your support network. And if you can, I understand the high cost of living, but please see a therapist. And lastly, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm so special, but I'm actually not. Many people are going through similar experiences like this, and I'm not the only one. If you are going through this at the moment, please don't think you're crazy. You just need support and time to heal. Please let me know what you think about this episode. Send me a DM during the discussions on my Instagram account called I Can Talk Underwater Podcast. Also, please share this episode to your friends or family and subscribe to my podcast and leave five-star ratings. I look forward to speak to you soon. Love you long time. Bye.